this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am your fearless host, Joel Oster. And I am his handy sidekick, Chris Marone. Hey, Chris, it's good to see you again this week. I know you're living the high life out there in Arizona. Did you just say you were buying playoff tickets? Um, I'm glad that uh, it's early in the morning and my wife's not here. But yeah, I just bought uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week to watch the Arizona Diamondbacks take on Philadelphia's Phillies. There you go. It might, must be nice. Um, one of these days, Kansas <laughs> yep. City might be back in the baseball playoffs. I doubt uh, it. I told my boys back in 2014 and 2015, I said, hey, boys, you got to watch. This will probably never happen again in your yep. lifetime. This is it. We are done. So you, I know you're just teenagers, but this will be your last <laughs> chance before you die to watch a baseball playoff game yeah. here in Kansas City. But yeah, good. Kudos to you. I hope you yeah. enjoy it. Um, uh, so how much are playoff tickets going for? Now, if you were in Tampa, yep. they probably would go for, what, $5? I don't know. Maybe, but I, I mean, exchange rate and everything. So There you go. We're looking at about um, 200 a seat. But we also sit not in like bleacher seats or out there. I think the bleacher seats right now are like 75 bucks a seat. So we sit like in an actual seated area up on the concourse. Not, not bad. I think that's the going rate in Kansas City for a parking space for the Chiefs game. But we're yeah, talking baseball. True. It's, it's a little bit insane. different. Yeah. Oh, man. Parking has gone outrageous there yeah. at the Chiefs oh game. Gosh, crazy, crazy. So I went to the Royals game, the last game of the year, and I was just talking to someone who had been to the Chiefs game recently. Yeah. And I said, well, how much was parking? And he said, well, if you're, if you're normal parking, it was like $60, $65. But if you want to park in the gold, which is like closer to the stadium yeah, it was yeah. 250 dollars to park at Bruh. the chiefs game 250 we just for a parking and, space we went and saw metallica at where the cardinals play and we got the special super duper gold parking for 75 dollars, and it was the best 75 insanity and that is the sign of old age when you start complaining right. about prices at parking uh parking lots Whatever. but hey before we get going, this podcast is sponsored by Comedian of Law. We offer CLEs that educate and entertain. If you need a CLE hours, check out our website, comedianoflaw.com. And also, Chris, this next year, we are doing a cruise. If you want to go to Greece, we're going to do a Trials of the Centuries. We're going to talk about the Socrates trial. Go to the actual location. It is going to be a lot of fun. It's a year from now, but you can't start planning early enough when it comes to taking a cruise, going halfway around the world. I am really looking forward to this. I, I, I want to go over and see um, all the ancient ruins there and where oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Socrates trial took place. So check out our website. Look at that cruise and sign up. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm hey, doing it right now. Chris, I want to talk a little bit about the comedy show that we did this week. I heard it was gangbusters. You got to join us next time. It I was fun. It. Yeah, I heard it was amazing. I was following but, it on social. But I've got to ask you some questions about this just to get your take on it. Okay, right. so when you do comedy, one of the things you are very concerned about is is age-appropriate material and also, um, I don't know another way to say it, grandmother-appropriate material. Is that fair Family to say? Family-friendly. Right. So uh, I was one of three other comics that were on the stage there. Mm -hmm. And one of the person, I had not seen two of these other guys acts. I mean, yes, they were on the show. And mm -hmm. that's what you do on these comedy shows. You bring in people who are called bringers. So they will bring an audience with them. Yeah. And so I, I brought them onto the show. So that way they could bring their audience. We could help to fill up the, the seats. Yeah. And so I hadn't really seen their act. I knew them, but you know, 
And you're but, somewhat yeah. leery about, okay, is it going to be clean? And so I, yeah. asked, I asked me, is this going to be clean, the show? I said, yeah, we're, we're going to do a clean show tonight. He goes, okay, we're going to do a clean show. All right. So he gets up there. Famous last words. And in man. the opening act, no, I got to also set the stage here. So my brother came to attend this show, which I knew he was going to do. That was that was fine. But he then brought his mother-in-law. Good for him. I was a little nervous because I, I've been oh, to comedy no. shows and I was just, is this grandmother, mother-in-law appropriate material? I don't know. And I had not seen this guy's act. So I gave him my brother a little heads up. Say, hey, I hadn't seen this, this first act. So I'm just, I'm just a little bit cautious. I'm a little bit nervous right. since I know your, your mother-in-law is here. So I'm just curious, Chris, what do you think is a discussion about dick pics? Is that mother-in-law approved comedy material? <laughs> oh, uh, no, no, Joel. No. And this is my this is my standard. Do I want to talk about that subject with my mother-in-law? No, I do not. No. Do I want to have an awkward situation where someone else is talking about that conversation in front of my mother-in-law? Again, the answer is no. No. I cannot. I was I was sinking oh. my seat, man. I was like, oh no, please, please, just just move on. And then apparently my wife was sitting at that table, and she said they were they were kind of like talking amongst themselves. They were confused as to what was being referenced. I said, why didn't you just say this was some kind of inside comedy joke about people named Richard? Wouldn't that have been an easy out here if they didn't on, know Wendy. what it was about? Come on, Wendy, you could have been so clutch. You could, I know that was your moment. That was yeah. your moment to shine. Yeah, no, it's it, no. so. Uh, all right, so you think oh. that that is would not be a gram a mother in law appropriate material about not this even. one? Oh. And this one actually is what I did, and I was just, I'm just curious. So again, I'm trying to keep this a clean show. Why? Okay. I don't know. That's how I was raised. I uh, mean, why not? So here is the issue: swearing. Okay, would yeah. you swear? Uh, in a in a comedy show, especially if it makes it funnier. Now, Chris, this is how what I concluded. Ooh. Let me give you my conclusion, then I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay, I concluded it's okay to swear if you do it in a foreign language. I don't think it's swearing oh. if you do it in a foreign language. What say you? Ooh, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll I'll, I'll rule, ruling on the field stands. Like, that, like if I were to say right now, oh, that's bloody well ignorant. Right. You, you, oh, Joel said the B word. Right. Right. I'm pretty right. sure I just said an expletive in, over there in, in England. Indeed. Right? Yeah. Bloody is not. A, it's, it's a swear word over there across the, the pond. Uh, so I think you can swear in a foreign language. Right. Uh, I, my opinion there is I think. I think God approves of it because, you know, <laughs> you're branching out, you're learning new about new peoples and, and he wants you to do that. And so maybe that's blasphemy. I don't know. I mean, we, we share some swear words with the, the team across the pond, but I could see how, you know, if we're using their colloquialisms in our language or in our, in our vernacular, I could see how that would, that would allow for you bloody is fine or bollocks or a couple of the other ones. I don't know. See, I was going like you were going to drop some stuff in Spanish, but then I realized like you were in Kansas City and that though a border state. Right. We would drop some stuff in Spanish and the, the people would laugh. Okay. I don't know if you would get as many laughs out of Kansas City. 
No, I, I decided to go the Latin route, and I Ooh. did my digging up in some Latin. Okay. And so, Mendicum de Asinus, lying out the Asinus. That was what that was all about. And, and so, it's Latin. It's right. not actually swearing. 2,000-year-old dead language. Sure, let's go with it. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> so, just to further make my point, I think there's some Bible verse somewhere about using words and language that's not offensive to the people you're talking to. Mm -hmm. And so, if I'm doing it in a foreign language, they're not really that offended. So, there you go. That is my point. Fair. I'm sticking to it. That is such a lawyer way around all of it. That, that, uh, was, that was like chef's kiss. All right. Beautiful lawyering. Speaking of lawyers, I I, I, I had developed this, this bit here, and I want this to kind of be my calling card, if you will, so I'm, I'm working okay. on it, and that is signs it might be time to get a new lawyer. And so I, I kind of Ooh. ended my show with, hey, here are my, the top 10 signs the relationship has run its course. It's yeah. time to get a new lawyer. And so the night before the show, I woke up at 2 a.m. I had two new thoughts come to my mind. So... Uh, let, me, let me run these two new ones by you and see what you think. If when you ask your lawyer for his, for legal advice and your lawyer responds with, Hey Siri, it <laughs> might be time to get a new lawyer. You think, that, you think that works? Yeah. Oh no, that totally works. Now, do, but do we not all do that as lawyers? Um, do we not Google an answer was, to a legal question? So in my new job, right. As in-house counsel, I was talking with our outside counsel and I asked him a legal question for uh, something to do with something in Georgia. And he sent me back the meme. And I don't know if you remember the meme. It's um, the guy played Magneto. I can't think of his name right now. But it's like I asked for this. And it, it shows him as a picture. And then it shows the picture of what he wants. And it gets down to the very last one. And it says perfection at the bottom. And it was like, I need legal research. And it's like Lexus. And he goes, no, I need legal research. It's like Westlaw. And he's like, no, legal research. And they go, Google and he's all perfection. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We all do it. Well, all, my yeah. only point here is this. Don't do it in front of the kids, right? No. Don't let your clients actually see what you are doing. Right. That should be done behind closed doors. Right. It, it, they're going to complain about the bill once they realize all you did was say, hey, Siri, Siri. by the way, here's another tip. If you want to come up with a joke like that, Make sure you turn your phone off. I've already said, hey, Siri, twice. My phone has said <laughs> twice. But yes, what do you want, Joel? No, I'm not talking to you, Siri. I'm Joel, just making a reference. My Apple Watch is going off every time you say, hey, Siri. <laughs> like, I'm like over here, like trying to like pat it to stop it because it's vibrating on my arm because it's I hearing know. you through the speaker system. Uh, here is another one that I, I came up with. Actually, I came up with the, Then someone else told me a very similar one. So I went, uh, I'm going to go with it. And that is this. Mm. Uh, if your lawyer invites you to his comedy show, it might be time to get a new lawyer. Just saying. Just side yeah, hustle. Exactly. Side hustle up. Yeah. So uh, for several different reasons. Actually, this did happen to me one time. I went and did a comedy show. And one of my clients was there in the audience. Now, they had Ooh. no idea. It's an open mic night kind of situation. Yeah. So it's not like I invited them to, a, to one of my shows. It's just an right. open mic night. And there they are. And, of course, in my I mind, know. I am thinking, did I get any of these stories from that exactly. representation? I sure hope not. They might think I'm making fun of them, but... Did no. I violate rules of confidentiality, ABA I rules? Nope. Please change the names to protect the innocent, and we will Always. all be good. Always. All just, right. I just make up stories. <laughs> yeah, I had this client once who did blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I had one story that was absolutely hilarious, and I had to share it 
So I changed all the names and details. I even took it out of that state and put it in a different state. And I did change some of the facts so that way it would not be identifiable. But the underlying issue was just gold. So (laughs) so here it actually is the underlying issue that that, that story. So uh, I got a call from someone from, let's just say, Ocala, Florida. And they said, hey, Joel, we were given a cease and desist order from the city of Ocala that we had to stop our religious observance or else we're going to face a $5,000 a day fine. Wow. Chris, I'm thinking, sweet. This is my Supreme Court case right here. They're right, going to find you $5,000 a day I mean, for holding a Bible study? This is classic. Let's go. Yeah. Does that show you how sick a lawyer's mind works? It's like this person is facing $5,000. It's going to bankrupt them. And I'm going, sweet. This is good. I like this. This is this, gold. This is my this Supreme is Court case. And so I was going to go out there and meet them the very next day. Because I was going to sign them up as a client. This is Supreme Court, baby. But then I had another thought that maybe I should ask some more questions here to kind of yeah, figure out what, what kind of beliefs they had. Maybe they're, right. you know, they go to my church. I don't know. Right. But so what kind of church do you belong to? Well, First Church of Life out of Modesta, California. I hadn't heard of that church before. I now have, and I know what that church okay. is about. But nonetheless, I, I didn't know about that church. So I said, okay, well, what do you believe in? Well, we believe in um, uh, alternative, we believe in alternative lifestyles. Okay, now you kind of piqued my interest. What do you mean alternative lifestyles? I said, well, we believe in um, partner swapping and uh, not wearing clothes. I go, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they were a nudist colony and a swingers club, and they were wanting to say that was their religious observance. It's like, no, no, they're shutting you down hey, because you're running a whorehouse. That's why they're trying to shut hey, you hey, down. Hey, hey, hey. The, without sin shall cast the first stone, my good man. Without <laughs> and, sin. And that was their religious observance. Look, I, I too would like to be able to religiously observe no pants Fridays. I, I'm really... <laughs> I don't like pants, but yeah, that's a bit much. So I got to tell you, man, I, I couldn't take that case. My boss would not let me take that case. But yeah. man, do I ever regret not following Ooh. my number one rule, which is you go to meet the client. Because <laughs> <laughs> Wow. would I ever had a great story to tell my oh. wife would have asked me, what did you do today, hon? I said, well, fancy you should ask, but, um, I attended a Bible study. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come on, Wendy. Maybe you should come next time. Let's see how this works out. <laughs> All right. Hey, enough of that. Uh, let's move on here. We got a lot to talk about here, about what so happened much. this last week. Uh, let's start with the Trump oh. civil trial. Yeah. Uh, it's going to reconvene this next week. So I know we talked about that a lot last week. Not much yeah. happened this week. Uh, but lot, next yeah. week is going to be a barnstormer. You will want to pay attention. Michael Cohen will be testifying next week. And Chris, let me just give you my thoughts before you give whatever meandering opinions you have. But... Michael Cohen, if they are calling Michael Cohen to testify, this clearly is political theater. Why would you call someone who was convicted of perjuring himself before Congress? That cannot be your star witness. If you have a witness who has been convicted of perjury, I'm not calling that witness. That will make that case look absolutely horrible, but who cares? This is being done to the media. The judge already has his mind made up. And so Michael Cohen is going to be called next week. You know, I don't know if I would say the judge already has his mind made up, but it's definitely theater at this point. Um, But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be glued to it. I'm absolutely going to watch and see what happens. I, I, it just, it, it it at, man i got so many thoughts i can't even get one word out like why 
what what are you going to prove by bringing Michael Cohen to the stand other than media attention? Maybe it's to make Trump unhinged. Maybe that's that's one way is that Trump is really great about leaving the courtroom and running his mouth and ruining his case. I think it's fair to say that whatever Michael Cohen says is going to be impeached. I mean, he's a convicted perjurer. Right. So even if he says the most damning thing possible about uh, Donald Trump, it's like, but no, this is self-serving. We, we, you went before Congress. You've already been convicted of perjury here. We right. can't believe a single word that comes out of your mouth. In fact, every word that does come out of your mouth, we're going to assume it's just self-serving. That's not believable. But because this is not in front of a jury, which we talked about that last yeah. week, it's just in front of the judge, and the judge yeah. does have his mind made up. Now, I, I should say that. New York follows one of these rules that I kind of like, but I really don't like, where before the trial, the judge says, this is how I'm going to rule. So this trial is about you changing my mind. That's a weird posture for a lot of these cases. Sometimes I like it. I actually had that one time in New York mm -hmm. where before the case, before we went to argue our case, the judge told us, this is how I'm going to rule. So you kind of know how my thought process is. So you know what issues I'm dealing with. So I actually kind of like that approach. But yeah. that being said, now the judge will have, oh, I believe Michael Cohen. He seemed convincing. Yeah, yeah I, don't, that I, don't think, I don't think the judge is going to be like, that Michael Cohen kid, he's going places. <laughs> he is a smart cookie. He's definitely doing. I think more, I think it, in trial strategy, at least it, Chris Marone, if I, if I was trying their case, my trial strategy would be, let's get Michael Cohen up there. Let's have him say some really egregious stuff. Uh, and then let's make the Trump team prove that Michael Cohen's wrong to impeach him. Right? There let's make go. the let's make the Trump team come out and have Michael Cohen even if he's flat lying on everything or flat telling the truth on everything, let's make the Trump team go on the defensive. And you All know right. Trump, you know he's going to get outside that courtroom and be like, he's a liar. I hate him. He 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 has an ugly wife and uh like his kids are bad at basketball. And you're going to be like, come on guy. Interesting. All right. Hey, George Santos My is man. in the uh, the news. So what, what's what's the George Santos situation all about? I know you've been following this. Yeah, it, it's kind of it makes me sad. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't like George Santos as a Congress member. I don't like George Santos as a person from what I gather. But it makes me sad that he is elevated to this level of notoriety because of the fact that he is a Congress member. George Santos, if we remember correctly, back in May, was charged with uh, 12 counts of campaign finance fraud, embezzlement, um, uh, identity theft. And just so we're all clear, in election law, there are only two things that get you in trouble in election law. And that's how you get your money and how you spend your money. That's it. Those are the only two things that are taboo in election law. You can lie. You can you can. You say all these things, which George Santos did, right? He said he was a successful real estate entrepreneur. He said he was a successful businessman, that he went to Harvard, that he's he rescues dogs. All these things all came out to be false. Even so much so, just recently, he came out as gay. For who knows? His tweet was, me and my husband are saddened to hear of Dianne Feinstein's passing. There's like, there's like... Three lies, right? Me, uh, my husband, and they were they were sad about Diane Feinstein. Like three lies right there. But George Santos has kind of monopolized the 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 narrative right now because all of these things are coming out against this freshman uh, Congress member, and it just got bad for him this week. The DOJ came out with another fifteen plus indictments. 
and it's 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 bad. It, what are they indicting him for? So this new round of indictments has to do with credit card fraud, embezzlement from his campaign, lying on campaign finance forms, um, um, impersonating donors. Um, gosh, there's a couple other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, essentially, fraud, um, false statements to the FEC. So what Santos essentially did is being alleged by this by this DOJ new indictment is that he grifted credit card numbers from his donors and then changed their donation amount to benefit him. So a donor donated $5,800, which is the max amount under the FEC rules. He went in and changed it to $15,800 and then said from the guy's credit card and then said the 10,000 came from a personal loan that he gave to his campaign. Now, one, it's illegal to take more than $5,800 from an individual. Two, it's illegal to misrepresent where you're getting all your money from. Um, and three, it's illegal to steal credit card information. I would think hey. that might be number one. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm I, just... I, I, I would notice that that uh, that charge on my credit card. Uh, it's almost, if I gave someone, right. what, $1,500 and then it could be $15,000, I, I, right. would, I would notice that when it came time to pay my bill. Exactly. He also uh, filed, again, money issues. He filed with the FEC that he had a $500,000 war chest, and this $500,000 came from a personal loan that he gave to his campaign. Okay, well, that was just disproved that he never had $5,000. The most that he had in the account was around $8,000. Um, and because of that $5,000, the and this bothers me to no end, and it is both parties putting it right there. He had to reach a $500,000 marker for the party to take him serious to get into the race to help him out. So it is a pay-to-play in political parties that you have to raise at least a half a million dollars to be considered a serious candidate for Congress. So this is an indictment, and along with this indictment, there's been an ethical inquiry by mm -hmm. the, the House of Representatives, which, of course, is controlled by Republicans, and he is a Republican, so they're going after one of their own. But some might kind of. suggest that this ethical inquiry is dragging their feet, maybe trying to, to do a stall game here, say, hey, we're looking into it. Maybe not as fast as you would like us to, but we are looking into it. And maybe they might come to some decision right before the next election so that some other Republican candidate can replace him. Yep. Maybe that might be what's going on. I don't know. Well, but it does bring up the fact of this question. If you have one of your own, and I say, uh, see if you're the Democratic Party, one of your a Democrat or here, mm -hmm. Rep Republican Party with a Republican candidate who needs to be taken out. Here is the problem. It's just hard to do that because they care about power. And if you have a mm -hmm. slim majority in that, that body, like here, Congress, you don't really want to kick that person out when that person might be replaced by a Republican. So right. you could definitely see why the Republicans would want to stall this ethics inquiry, which to me also seemed rather ironic because that'd be unethical? a very unethical conduct unethical? To, to stall an investigation because of how it might serve your personal interest but whatever yeah. this is congress uh, that that kind of ethical <laughs> violation no one's going to care about right but, oh yeah that's you're just lying or stealing for that reason ah. okay that's okay so nonetheless you didn't, you didn't defraud any of my voters you just defrauded your own voters not our problem so it, it's gonna it comes down to this was george washington right George Washington Absolutely. said that, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even need to say what George Washington said. He, he was right. Come on. He was yeah. our first president. Right. He did not like the two-party system. 
He basically, he said, look, if you have a two-party system from here on out, it will result in, in factions, in infighting. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to get bitter. And he was absolutely right. It didn't take till the next election till you had the Federalists and the, and the, the, the Democrats just yep. fighting each other. Uh, and so was George Washington right? Because here's my take. I fear that sometimes in our political systems, people would rather do things that benefit their party even if it is detrimental to their country, it's like party over country. And I'm, I'm afraid I see that way too often. I think we saw it last week in the removal of Kevin McCarthy. Right. I, I mean, that's, I think one of the clearest, absolute clearest uh, examples right now is you've got this George Santos kid who I don't even think the Republicans like very much because of all of his, his problem. If George Santos hadn't stolen money, the ethical inquiry would have been just like, oh, we just didn't like how he did this and, and we're good to go. It's because he stole money that, that people are getting fired up about it. But you look at Kevin McCarthy and he said, look, I had to get the Democrats help. We needed to not shut down the government. The, the country is benefited by us not shutting down. The economy is benefited by us not shutting down. And eight members of the Republican Party go, mm, no, the there country, we are benefited. Us eight. Us gang of eight are benefited if the country shuts down. Well, we will be watching this indictment against your boy, George Santos, to see what makes of it and how fast will the Republicans uh, act on this ethical inquiry against him. I don't, it would not shock me if they ruled that he should be expelled and they do it right before the Republican primary up there in New York so they can get a new candidate. All right. Well, and they don't want the, they don't want the Democratic governor to appoint a Democratic congressman. Because the the margin of error right now is already was it two twelve to two sixteen or something like that? It's just right. It's so it's so it's Razor so super thin. thin. Yeah. yeah, you lose a Republican, gain a Democrat. All of a sudden, that becomes even uh, much narrower, more a slimmer margin. And so, yeah, it would not surprise me if Republicans would drug their feet. Hey, yeah. the Supreme Court is back in action, and they took yeah, up a case yeah. this last week, which I find interesting. We're not going to deal with it too much right now because they're just talking about this case. So I want to just put this on your radar because last term, they took up a gerrymandering case involving Alabama. And the issue was, did Alabama, when they were drawing their congressional boundary lines in their congr- for their d- districts, mm-hmm. did they engage in... in um, uh, racial gerrymandering when they created those districts. Well, they brought that case under the Voting Rights Act. And the issue mm-hmm. was, was the Supreme Court going to throw out the Voting Rights Act? And the court held, no, we're going to keep this law. And there was a very interesting case because the the, the they defended their arguments. So what happened in that case was, you know, the Republican uh, state legislature created these new districts and they kind of compacted some of the districts such that um, uh, a minority, in this case, the, the black population, would only be able to vote in their preferred candidate in one of the districts as compared to two districts that they had before. So mm-hmm. they said that's a voting, right act, voting rights act violation. Well, now, just this last week, the Supreme Court took up a new case involving South Carolina. Very mm-hmm. similar issue. The South Carolina legislature drew new boundaries for their congressional districts, and it did cost, um, um, in one particular district involved in Charleston, it allowed for the, uh, the Republicans to win that seat as compared to the Democrats. And the thought was, well, that's because you took out a lot of black voters from this district and put it in another district. So you kind of diluted the black vote. Okay, so it seems like it's a very similar issue in these two cases. 
But based upon the arguments that were made this last week at the Supreme Court, it seems like the conservative justices were very leery of this case. They said, no, this is not racial gerrymandering. This is partisan gerrymandering. And my thought was, well, yeah, what's the difference? It's all partisan gerrymandering, right? Right. I mean, that's the whole point. You want to put into office your party. You're right. not really targeting someone's race. And, it, but so in other words, you can see how each argument is always going to be a partisan argument. Well, right. the, the problem here is in this case, it, this lawsuit was brought under the 14th amendment, not the voting rights act. Right. And so at least that's the issue that the Supreme court took up. And so based upon the oral argument, it seems like the conservative justices are going to decide on behalf of South Carolina and say, no, this is a, partisan gerrymandering case and chris this is why this is relevant and maybe you can help explain this to me but let's do it in partisan gerrymandering cases the supreme court said that's a political issue we're not going to touch yes. it don't even bring the case you gotta drop the case right now you right. can't bring a partisan gerrymandering case it's a political question we're going to stay out of it right but because they will get into racial gerrymandering cases. Yes, they will, because race is a protected class. Constitutional Law 301 with Professor Marone. Under the Civil Rights Protection Acts and under various due processes cases that have come along, race is a protected class. So is sexual orientation, national origin, um, all of which cannot be discriminated against. Whereas partisan, you get to choose your politics. Right. It comes down to the 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 idea is immutable characteristics. Right. And you you know this, Joel, you're the most constitutional guy I know. Mutable characteristics. I cannot change the fact that I am a white gentleman with blue eyes, probably through through surgery or contacts. I could change my eye color, but the pigment of my skin is an immutable characteristic that I cannot change. But I can change political parties. I can change political parties left, right, and center. I can go all right. over the ice. But if what they did was say, we mm-hmm. want to take out these black voters from this district here in Charleston, mm-hmm. put them in another district, because that right. way we can shore up the fact that a Republican could be elected in the Charleston district. Right. So our purpose is partisan gerrymandering, but the their actions were say, we're, we take out these the, this black voting block. And, and so it seems like race was a factor here in their decision. Mm-hmm. Is it six and one half dozen of another? You can call it race gerrymandering, or you can call it partisan gerrymandering. I think this is where good lawyering comes into play. Alabama isn't known for, and I hope I don't offend our Alabama listeners, but you're not known for being the most intelligent lawyers on the face of the planet. <laughs> That um, sounds a lot like saying, hey, no offense, but you're butt ugly. But true story. No, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I think part of the, the issue is looking, if you're looking at the South Carolina case, they went into just districts that were heavily Democrat. They didn't look at like race, you know, racial based areas. It, it is ancillary or a coincidence that a lot of these areas, or maybe not a coincidence, it, it may be that a lot more black people in the South, and I'm going to include South Carolina in the South, um, that are a lot more people of color are Democrat leaning or Democrat registered. South Carolina went in and just moved Democratic heavy districts. Okay. Alabama so- went in and said, man, we have a concentration of black people right here. We need to move them and spread them out. 
that's a that's a very different issue of going in like a hey man i want and we do this all the time look this is a heavy republican district let's break it up let's as a democrat operative let's break it up let's find a way to break up this this republican district it's not hey here's a bunch of hispanic people that vote republican we need to deport all the hispanic people that's a that's a very different between a partisan issue of breaking up a republican stronghold or a democratic stronghold or getting rid of a specific racial identity because they identify with a certain political party. And I think and, that's the underlying. Yeah, I think that does make a lot of sense. So I do think that when you bring up a Voting Rights Act racial claim, you do have to mm -hmm. prove some some um, some elements that are present in this right. case. Like there is a minority group in this particular mm -hmm. district and this they're, they're in a geographically compact configuration mm -hmm. and they are significant enough in numbers that they can vote in their preferred candidate. And so right. I guess in this case, they did not have those three elements present. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't really bring a strong voting rights act claim or else they, they would have, and it probably right. would have maybe won the day like it did in Alabama. And so this really was, was more of no, they're just really saying this is a democratic stronghold and we are splitting right. up this stronghold. And that's partisan gerrymandering, which but is that's okay. Allowed. That's allowed. allowed. And the court will say, we're not well, going to review that kind of case. And I think if you're comparing Charleston to Atlanta, it, that is apples and oranges, right? There is There are very few things that Charleston as a city, which is an absolute beautiful city that I love, versus Atlanta, which is an absolute beautiful city that I love. Um, Atlanta has like eight times the amount of population. It, there's much more, you know, compactness to the Atlanta area. They're dividing up the city of Atlanta into congressional districts versus Charleston. They don't do that as much. So there's so many different things to look at. I think it would be a very difficult, um, play for the South Carolina people to try to cut out all black South Carolinians or Carolinians, um, to cut them out in a gerrymandered district. It would look absolutely, it would look like teeth. Right. It would look like like cartoon teeth, how they would have to cut this out. So that way black people were on one side and all other races were on the other. And so all they right. just locked off. We will Democrats. be we will be watching the case, following the case. Again, a decision will be expected probably sometime in the spring. Uh, a lot of these cases like, that are political heavyweight mm -hmm. cases like this will be decided uh, in the before the June uh, session is over with. But yep. we'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, the next uh, topic really combines law and sports. And so it's one that's been a, a very much a tough issue for me because uh, I tend to get on a soapbox. And Chris, I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up. I mm -hmm. might get on my soapbox today. Oh, you today totally are. Because KU, my beloved KU Jayhawks, I am an Rock alma mater from a KU Law School. Exactly. We were, as of yesterday, the winningest program in the history of college basketball. Did you realize that? You were yesterday. Yes, our very first coach was none other than the inventor of basketball himself, Dr. James Naismith, and basketball is KU. Well, KU has come across some uh, difficult times of late, and as mm -hmm. of now, we are no longer the winningest program in college basketball. Why, you ask? The NCAA decided to come down and issue a penalty against KU, and as a as a penalty for what they did, they stripped them of all of their wins in 2017, 2018, when one Silvio DeSoso participated in. So there's 15 wins during that time, which included a Final Four run. 
So uh, okay. we made the final four. We had to take down that yep. banner. It also included the fact that we went to the tournament and okay, you had the longest active streak of 33 consecutive tournament appearances. That's now been cut short to 28. I don't even know. This, this is all fun in games. She's like, what? You are taking away wins that KU did back in 2017, 2018. Why did you take away these wins? All right, let's unpack what KU did. So the allegation was that KU, because Adidas, Adidas was their shoe company, mm -hmm. they gave money to DeSosa's grandparents, and that was an illegal benefit. So a shoe company gave the grandmother of one of their players some money, and because of that, and, and because of the Bill Self knew about that, that way the school was responsible, and therefore they took away those wins. Was it known or should have known? They alleged that Bill Self knew about it. Okay. That was why, because they actually okay. leveled like five different level one violations against them, which was going to be, okay. we're going to shut the program down because yeah, yeah, this yeah. Bill Self knew about it and that the school knew about it. And that was what was going on. So Chris, I have so many different takes on this story, but do you have any thoughts before I get on my soapbox? No, because I love watching you rant about this. I okay. want all the time in the world for this. All right, so this is a problem here. These these allegations against KU um, that, hey, you knew that Adidas was paying players to one of his players. Uh, you knew about this, so therefore you should be punished severely. Mm -hmm. That's bogus. First, let's start off with the, the starting point, which is this. It's perfectly legal. You are allowed, the shoe companies are allowed to give money to these players. In fact, right now that's called NIL. The Supreme yes. Court ruled 9-0 that, that any prohibition or regulation prohibiting these student-athletes from getting money based upon their name, image, and likeness yep. is blatantly illegal. So right here we're talking about a rule that was blatantly illegal, 9-0. So KU is found to have violated a rule that is blatantly illegal. I have a problem with that. Wasn't illegal at the time, though. Wasn't it was it, it was, was illegal at the time. The Supreme I mean, Court struck illegal. it down as unconstitutional. It doesn't matter it, that the Supreme Court ruling came later. Still, this act was wrong. It was mm -hmm. bad. The the I'm the, this yep. rule was wrong. This rule, yep. uh, it was a violation of the antitrust act. And yep. so um, that's my first problem with it, which is. This is a, an illegal rule. All right. Go. Secondly, there is absolutely no evidence that KU knew about these payments. Zero evidence. Now, let me explain why. Yes, okay. go. While this was going on, these Adidas executives were put on trial by the FBI. Chris, does the FBI not have anything better to do with their time than wiretap, you know, college sports programs because a shoe company is giving money to its players? Really? They have there nothing really better to do with their time. There wasn't anything going on in the mid, the <laughs> mid two thousand and tens. I don't feel like there was any sort of things to be investigated. They wiretapped uh, all these different college um, uh, phones and, and whatnot. Go Patriot Act. Yeah, we're stopping come, terrorists. Like, Let's come go. on here. All right, so so they got a text message from from one of these Adidas executives to to Bill Self saying, uh, "Sorry, we let you down with this particular recruit. They're going to a different school." That's it. That's the evidence that Bill Self knew. Is that 
Uh, well, anyway, let's go back to um, this criminal trial. So the FBI <laughs> indicted this Adidas executive whose name was, and I'll get it for you here in just a second, uh, Gatto. Uh, his name was, okay. uh, I believe, James Gatto. Okay. And, and so, uh, yeah, James Gatto was an Adidas executive. Chris, the, the DOJ brought charges against Gatto for defrauding the universities, saying, look, you um, gave money to these players, so you violated their eligibility status here. You committed okay. fraud upon this public university by giving them money, and so you committed fraud upon the university. Well, James Gatto's defense was that this is this, I didn't defraud the universities. Bill Self was in on this. The universities knew about this. So you know how in a criminal case, the prosecution has to prove their case beyond a shadow of a doubt. You understand that, right? Yes, I'm, I'm well aware of those rules. Okay, so if they're bringing a fraud case against this uh, Gatto for defrauding KU by giving these payments, then they have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that KU did not know about this. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, fast forward to the end of the day, uh, James Gatto was spent a time, a hard time in jail. They convicted him. They sentenced him to, I believe, nine months in jail. So there is absolutely no evidence that KU knew about receiving these payments. Nonetheless, this um, uh, NCAA was still going after KU, saying, no, you, you didn't know about this. We should shut your program down. So I have a problem with that, that I don't think there's absolutely zero evidence that KU knew about what was going on. Finally, here's my last take on this, Go. is that KU lost out on several of these recruits. One of them was Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson went to Duke. Yeah. So are you telling me that Zion Williamson did not pick Duke or did not pick KU over Duke? He went to Duke. Did he do that because he favored a more pure form of amateurism? No, he went to Duke because he got a better deal. Yep. This was going on. This was rampant. These, you know, uh, shoe companies giving these players money took place. I'm going to suggest uh, the vast majority of all college uh, basketball programs across America. That means that from 2010 to 2020, there were no games being played. There were no wins. There were no yep. losses. You got to throw all yep. of them out. Chris, this is, this is bogus. Well, I... Yeah, yes and no. I mean, the NCAA has always played a bogus role in a pseudo-judicial body. The NCAA reminds me, and this is maybe good or bad form, you can let me know, reminds me of mall cops, right? They don't have any real authority, but they think they do, and they're like... They try to be lords over their fiefdom. They're like a bad HOA. That's even a better analogy. The, the NCAA is like a, a, a group of Karens is called an HOA, and that's what that's what the NCAA is. They're making like up a that. bunch. They're they're making up a bunch of rules that really hurt the game more than it helps. In the guise of we're helping, and at the end of the day, the NCAA and they can come at me. I don't care. Is that you're not helping these athletes? Like you're you are as an organization going out of your way to disenfranchise athletes so that way they remain in a lower socioeconomic state and you get to build up your coffers of wealth there you and go. the fact that these athletes and the the kids of today the athletes of today have figured out ways to leverage things like social media they figured out how to leverage their nil 
you are so angry to the fact that you united probably the most divided Supreme Court in recent history to say, y'all suck. Let, let, and if you keep acting wrong, we're going to hit you harder. Let's pause on that for just a bit, because I do think that point you just made needs uh, added a, a attention and emphasis. This matter as, as to whether or not this rule prohibiting the, these athletes from receiving money was so illegal Mm-hmm. that all nine Supreme Court justices from the most conservative to the most flaming liberal mm-hmm. agreed. This is bla- this is stealing from these employees. You're uh, stealing these from people. these kids. That yeah, nine most to zero. Of them, and most of them, and this, this, they're not sophisticated enough to understand how the wealth process works or how to properly market their value or how to be able to capitalize on their their great talent and the ncaa is going in and just suppressing them and saying no 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 you're not that talented yes. you don't deserve these deals no. you can't if you want to play our game at our level with our with our ball you can't do any of this stuff you have to essentially work for us for free and i'm going to go over here to my second yacht no, no i agree i don't like the nil system as it is today i do eh, think we need growing. to have it, it right I, I think this was that's what's happening here we are now in a new world and it's been the wild wild west and there will mm-hmm. be some now restraints coming in and i hate to say it but they're gonna have to unionize i i mm-hmm. I, I hate unions mm-hmm. but sometimes unions serve a valid purpose so right here someone needs to speak on behalf of the athletes and there needs to be some kind of even playing ground because if there's not an even playing ground it's going to basically be hey who has the most money it's the sec and so all these players are going to just go to the sec and i'm going to further hate college sports but that being said i there has to be a fix here i do think they're they're allowing this to go on unchecked unfettered for a couple of years just to kind of see the problems that come up because if no problems come up and the system can take care of itself well let the system take care of itself but free market. if it results in way too many SEC teams being at the top, I say we need a fix. All right. That being said, let's transition over to sports. Uh, this is um, yes. uh, this is a perfect time to do this podcast. We are recording this on Friday morning. This will be released Friday afternoon. Yep. The Chiefs played last night, so we actually get to unpack what we saw in last night's game. I will point out for our listeners that Chris did send me his list of picks right before the game, and he included a pick of Kansas City over uh, the Broncos. And, hey, you know what? You were like a you were, you were were a fortune teller. How did you know that the Chiefs were going to cover that 10.5-point spread by one half of a point? <laughs> I need to explain how stressed out I was during that time it it's denver right now right denver lost by 50 points to miami they're not doing they're they're not a cohesive unit you know peyton is not the the prophesied you know messiah coming train wreck yeah it is an absolute and it is and also I, i think expectations were set too high for sean peyton because they they throw a bunch of money at Russell Wilson and they throw a bunch of money at Sean Payton and they really don't do anything else and they're like and now win a Super Bowl and it's it, that's not how it works like it took time for Belichick to de- to develop his his program it took time for Shanahan to develop his program it took time for Sean McVay to develop his program it's going to take time they're they're not going to be great their first year out there there's there's room to build but the expectation on the Denver Broncos was asinine 
and they're not meeting it because they they aren't doing great. And I don't right. want to and 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 so a Kansas City defending Super Bowl champion with the power of the Swifty Nation behind them should have steamrolled. Taylor Swift was in house. She was. She was there supporting her boyfriend. Good on El Travador. We, I think we can call it boyfriend girlfriend yep. now. I think that's yeah, the proper can. term. There have been a lot of reports Exclusive. that Taylor Swift was spending the night there at Kelsey's place, and so whatever that means, Good for this him. has now reached the next level. Good. I love it when a mediocre looking Ohioan can <laughs> can pull Taylor Swift. That gives men everywhere hope that if you're funny. And you're good at your craft that you too could have a oh, absolutely phenomenal woman. Please, you know what they were doing. They were just sitting down there laughing their butts off saying, I can't believe we're pulling off this ruse. Yeah, this is great publicity for us here. They're all thanking thoughts, but it's like we're just no. playing checkers. No, they they are good Midwesterners, Joel. They have good Midwestern values and That's they are right. good. They are good people. Show me the wedding ring here first, and then we'll talk. The <laughs> sinners. I want yes, the ring. Sinners. Um, that would be a ring, though. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> That's right. Oh, great. If they get married, you know, what, what kind of ring could Travis Kelsey give to Taylor Swift? You I know mean, what? I would like to think, and we're going off the rails here, but I would like to think like it's something like modest and a little conservative, maybe a single carat, maybe a two carat. Would, no. I like to think, I, I like to think, look, and this is Chris's world, so let me have my moment is that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are your down-home, down-to-earth type, salt-of-the-earth people that, yes, they have a lot of excessive wealth, but they're not going to rub it around on everybody, and they're not going to... No. no, the Kelsey boys Here's are what they should do. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm correct you here in, in uh, real time here. They need to win the Super Bowl this year, and he needs to order a Taylor Swift Super Bowl ring obviously he can't give her his because that would probably not fit in over her wrist or I mean it would it fit over her <laughs> wrist but let's get Taylor Swift her own and that would be like his engage he'll propose with that Super Bowl ring come on that is a made for TV moment we're right doing there. it we're doing it right now Travis Kelsey Super Bowl MVP February 2024 gets the MVP trophy handed to him Taylor's there Mama Kelsey's there, Jason, Wyatt, the girls, everybody, Kylie's there, and he just drops to a knee. Rather than giving a speech and, you know, saying something great, just goes, Taylor, I love you. I love you. I love you. And boom. Well, back to last night's game, it was um, noted that there were very minimal references to Taylor Swift. So yeah. for some reason, uh, <laughs> they were given kudos for that, even though there were several of them. Uh, but that being said, the, the yeah, back to the game, the Chiefs barely covered a 10 and a half point spread. And that seemed as a negative on the Chiefs. Yet it let is. me remind you what I just said. The Chiefs covered a double-digit point spread. Now, you and I already had a discussion about how crappy the Chiefs played, but now I'm sitting back thinking, but they covered a double-digit point spread. Man, a broken clock is right twice a day. Like, it's not so much that they covered a double-digit spread. It was the manner in which they struggled to cover it. And I'm not – look, all teams struggle. Look, I, Pat Mahomes is – one of the greatest quarterbacks to play the game, Kelsey, the whole nine yards, right? They, the, the Kansas city chiefs are definitely a super bowl contender. And in my top three to make it to the super bowl this year, but watching the kids and the kids, and they did it last season too, right? We can go back and run tape of yes. from last season. They struggled on these they games. Did. Do you, do you they know why? Have like dominated. But do you know why? 
Because Andy Reid is a master tactician. You said it perfectly. Yeah. Kudos to you. I should do a hand clap for that. He is. (laughs) He knows you don't win the Super Bowl in week five. If you get so hyped up and so geared in in week five, you lose intensity. You just do. He is a master psychologist. He gets his team uh, peaking when it matters, you know, the last playoff stretch run, and that's when we're going to come out with our best uh, team. But no, No, you're right. I'm the same way. So let me just kind of give you – a little bit of context about last night's game. So Go. they had they scored at 19 points, won a touchdown. That means 12 points on field goals. That's four field goals. Plus, they once had the ball at the 10-yard line or so, and they yep. faked a field goal with some stupid play where they tried to, I don't know, whatever. Um, but that, that should have been five field goals right there. So that was five trips inside the red zone where they could have well, actually the, the end of the half. So there's hurt. four trips into the red zone where they could have scored a touchdown. If they were on their normal cycle of scoring touchdowns, like they usually do, because they're, they have Travis Kelsey, they know how to score in the red zone. Then you would, those would not be 12 points. That would be seven times for 28 more points, a 35 to eight win. Yeah. That would be a blowout that you were expecting. That would I wouldn't even say a blowout that I'm in. I would just say that that is the standard of operation of level of expectation. So we're just breaking down right now in the red zone. And why are we breaking down in the red zone? Probably because you're taking less chances. You want to protect Mahomes in the pocket. Both Kelsey and Mahomes have upper ankle sprains that can re-injure themselves and be out for the season. So you, I get that you're playing it safe, right? You're giving other guys touches on the ball because – why not? Let's try out some other offensive weapons. I don't think that the Chiefs were wrong in doing it. I just, it's just not, it's not conducive to my my heart and my stress meds when I'm gonna lose a ten and a half point spread to Broncos country. That's right. That's right. Well, it, it is being rumored, it's, it's being thrown out there that the reason why the Chiefs have lost focus and that's the reason why they had to settle for all these field goals rather than touchdowns is a Taylor Swift effect. Do you think there's Uh, any truth that the Chiefs are distracted because their main two people, we're talking Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, are all caught up. And you know Patrick Mahomes is caught up in this as well. His wife is there buddying up with Taylor Swift. They're hugging. So they're talking about it. You know Brittany is talking to Patrick. Hey, I'm now in Taylor Swift's inner circle. That has to be a cool thing for them. Have they lost focus? See, I think... It would be the other way around in my, in my, in my opinion, in my experience, when my girlfriend was at a game, I wanted to showboat and I wanted to make sure that I got, you know, all the, all the sacks and all the things, all the tackles, right. All the tries. Like I, I, I was better because I wanted to show off for her. Hey. So, I mean, I think that Pat could definitely be affected by this because Taylor Swift has eclipsed any sort of news about Brittany Mahomes. She is no, she is no longer the talk of Kansas city. Like, Hey, just for the moment, she's still our first lady. Come look, on. I think she's great, but you, you can't compete. Like, look, she's overshadowing mama Kelsey. Like, like the Taylor effect, I think has more to do with the ladies of the chiefs than it does for the boys on the field. There you go. All right. I, I, I will make this one comment about Taylor. Then we probably should move on from Taylor or else we <laughs> fall victim to the hey we're focusing too much on taylor swift right i did find it fascinating i, I found myself being caught up in th- with this question how much does taylor swift actually understand about football because we watch football all the time i mean i've 
that's probably been my main job for the last 40 years. If you add up the number of hours I spent watching football games as compared yeah. to actually working, I've been a football watcher the vast majority of my life. Yeah, and yeah. and so I'm watching her watch the game. And there was one play where, where Patrick Mahomes goes, goes back and throws to a wide open receiver in the middle of the field who turns and runs a little bit of a route. Just a normal play, right? Yeah. You see her jumping up, clapping and screaming, oh my God. It's like, All right. That's not an OMG play. <laughs> that was your standard throw the ball over the middle and the guy runs and gets a couple of yards. I mean, that's all that I, was. I'm not gatekeeping other people's joy. If that's what made her happy, I'm just glad that she's there. I'm glad that she's, she's that bridge for more people to come to the NFL. I like, you know what? Don't yuck her yum, man. She may, she probably likes stadium hot dogs too. And I, that's, I, that's fine. I do hope she's asked this question. I hope that there has been a, a pass interference call where she then turned to someone else in the room and said, uh, why was that pass interference? Taylor, none of us knows. We don't understand pass <laughs> interference. None of us do. We don't, okay? we don't, we don't get it. It's not, no, it's not for it us change, to understand. It changes every year. One year is like, oh, did the defender make contact with the re receiver split second before the pass got there? Pass interference. Yep. Then it's like you can molest them, but as long as your head is turned in the right direction, you're okay. That's that is the new like you know like the the Air Jordan symbol. This is the Joel symbol now. It's gonna be the, the head turned the right way, but but we're molesting. We're yeah. the head turned molesters. That's great. There you go. All that right, is my Joel fact of the day. I love that. It was a great game last night. The Chiefs did cover a double-digit win. Uh, yep. And so this whole, I don't the Broncos, if I were a Broncos fan, I would be so dejected right now. You thought you had him when you traded five draft picks for Russell Wilson. He turns out to be a complete bust. You bring in a, quarter, a coach who is successful, proven, a Super Bowl winner. It looks like it's a bust so far. He's going to have to get rid of your quarterback. That's the only thing I can see here. Uh, and then who knows what the future is going to hold. Hey. I want to talk about last week's game, Dallas versus San Francisco, because there are a couple issues yes, we do. from that game. So this was the game of the week last week. And now this is one of those games where I felt, Chris, she knows when we make our, our gambling picks, there are some games that we make just because I need five picks. And so I'll, I'll yep. pick this game, but I don't feel good about it. There are other ones where you feel like this is rock solid. I have this, yeah. I never felt anything more true in my life than this pick right here. And I've had a couple of those picks throughout my time of picking games where I just felt like this is, you are not going to lose this one. There's just no way. This was one of those games last week. And I know yeah. I'm saying this after the fact, but I believe I right. said it last week as you well. Did. You did. You picked it right. There is no way Dallas was going to win that game because Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback. He he shrinks in the big moments. And when you shrink time after time after time in the big moments in a football field, when you play the big game, you're not going to just change all of a sudden. Nope. It's and, what Dak Prescott does. He and throws so interceptions. Dak Prescott showed up last week. San Fran rolled over them. Dallas, if you want to be a good team that that looks good most of the time, that will give you get you into the playoffs, stay with Dak Prescott. If you want to win a Super Bowl, you do not have the team to win the Super Bowl. Nope. And look, Trey Lance was there to feed you all of our plays. And you still didn't do anything. That, that was embarrassing. They got to go to Cooper, their backup. 
Cooper came in last year, played amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know why they're sticking with Dak Prescott. You already know what you have. You have an right. average quarterback who will get you into the playoffs and you will lose first or second round. That's it. Well, and it's hard because, you know, we get to sit back here and we get to say some pretty abusive things towards professional athletes. And, and, and I, we've all contributed to that. I, I look at Dak Prescott during the press conferences and he, the humility is lost. Right. He still thinks he's MVP material. And I'm yes. like, bruh, like, like I was watching him in the press conferences before and after the Niners thoroughly handled them. And look, we can have the argument that 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 wasn't a fumble. The ball rolled out of bounds and all this stuff. But look, the Niners came back. It was like 40 to 10 or something like that. If I remember yes. the score. Right. So, yeah, we'll give you those seven points back. It's still 33 10. Yeah, you, you you were losing that game. You, you right. had several it, it playoff wasn't games. Gonna, yeah, it wasn't going to change the course of the game with you fumbling on the 18-yard line. No, no, it's it's done. Um, Dallas, again, if you want to just be a good team, stick with who you got. If you want right. to win the Super Bowl, which Jerry says that's what he wants to do before he dies, you, you got to move on. Speaking right. of moving on, Brock Purdy. I am going to suggest, Chris, and, uh, mm -hmm. and you need to convince me otherwise. I'm going to be that yeah. guy. Holding up that um that that sign on the, the in the park on the park bench saying change my mind. You always put me in these awkward positions where I have to like tell you my quarterback sucks. Like yes, yes, exactly. That's exactly this what is what doing. I want you to say. My my take is this: Brock Purdy is the okay. I'm gonna change it here. Brock oh. Purdy has started out has the best start ever. Of any quarterback Ooh. on his way, possibly to being the greatest quarterback of all time. But this is the greatest start of a quarterback ever. Statistically, you're not wrong. He's right? amazing. Brock Purdy is amazing. He, I absolutely agree. Brock Purdy has had an amazing start. And I hope that that translates into an amazing career. I'd also like to point out that no quarterback does it alone. No quarterback can – okay, Tom Brady. But other than that, like Tom Brady going and picking random Tampa Bay and saying, let's win a Super Bowl and and doing it. But I I look at I look at Brock Purdy and I look at the, the Niners lineup and all I think all great quarterbacks have great teams surrounding them as well. Um, and so, yes, Brock Purdy on his way, man. The kid is on fire. He's good in the pressure. He's good in the pocket. Greatest of all times – He's nine games into his career, 10 games into his career. I believe he's 10 games into his career. And just so that we can understand, that's 10 regular season games. He does have a postseason right. run in there as well. And outside of one postseason championship game. Where he, he wrecked his arm. Yes, let's, we'll get to that one. He has never lost an right. NFL game. Let me repeat that. Brock Purdy, as a rookie and now into his second year, has never lost an NFL game after 10 games. That is impressive. That is. includes a playoff run. Now let's focus yeah. on that one playoff loss that he had. Well, and so and that was a he was a third string quarterback that had never taken snaps before until five games before the playoffs, secured the playoff victory or secured the playoff position, and then took two victories and then lost to arguably the Eagles, which was going to be a Herculean no, no, task no. to begin with. No, no, no. I, I'm not going to let you say that. He did not lose to the Eagles. He, here's what happened. He was injured first yeah. half. They were competitive. Yep. That was a close game. He it did was. not lose. 
his the backup then goes in and his gets injured. Four-string so, quarterback. So they had to bring Brock Purdy back into the game with his right arm severed. He had no throwing arm. They had to hand off every single time. Yeah. So, so that was just a team saying, we got to make it to the finish line, and we can't start yeah. our left guard as quarterback. And so that's all that was. That, that cannot go on him, right? I, no, I know no, the no. team lost and he started. I get that aspect of it. But he has yet to lose. An NFL game, which includes a postseason run with yes. two playoff wins. Yes. That has got to be. So just for the record, I think he has a 110 quarterback rating so far, the mm -hmm. highest in history. Yep. Uh, definitely the highest for, for quarterback starting out in uh, his mm -hmm. career. So this is the greatest start of a, any quarterback in the yep. history of the NFL. I, I am not disagreeing with you on that point. I I'm not taking it further to say that he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. I, okay. I, I, again, the kid is amazing, but we also are in a league of injuries and we're in a game of collisions and you, you know, Joe Montana, you can argue was the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady, you can argue is the greatest quarterback of all time. Cause you look back across their career, right? Bart yes. Starr or Joe Namath or all these guys you could say they were the greatest of their era in football or greatest of their generation. Steve Young, Troy Aikman, um, uh, the Manning bros, right? All of these guys are amazingly great because we look back at a long career and say, man, you were awesome. We say Pat Mahomes, right? Greatest quarterback in the league right now. Obviously, he's going to be a first ballot, first ticket Hall of Famer. Is he going to be the greatest quarterback of all times? If he stopped playing after this season? No. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he's a hall of fame quarterback. I, I, I always get, I always balk at when you say the greatest of all times, because we throw that around now, like, Oh, you're the best. Yeah. You can be the best of your era, but to be the greatest of all time. Yes, man. That's such a title. Here is what I get. I do not like, I do not like when people say that. So-and-so like I'm looking at you, skip Bayless. I think you're an mm. idiot. When he says it is unquestionable. Skip. That so-and-so, usually it's Tom Brady, is the greatest quarterback of all time. No, it is questionable. I have a lot of questions about that. Let's start with how you define the greatest of all time. And then let's go to the cheating scandals that the Patriots had. Right. Uh, the, the, the change of the rules. It's very arguable. Because you're right. That's, it's, that's the fun of it. You get to right. argue it. And that's I think right now, what we are seeing in San Francisco is amazing. And so we got to yes. watch that and pay attention. Here is a kid who has yet to lose an NFL game. And that and right. he's playing great. It's not like the Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you remember when he was a rookie playing there for Pittsburgh? Yeah. They basically said, hey, Ben, turn around and hand off the ball to the bus, and then we will win with you. I think he went 14-2 yeah. and two that first season with Pittsburgh. He did. So they didn't win because of him. They won with him. Well, right. not Brock Purdy. He is playing amazing. He is making correct passes. Now, you yeah. are right. He has a good team. His supporting staff is amazing. They went to the Super Bowl just a couple years ago with Garoppolo, so they have a great team already. But he is not just a bystander. No. He is no. on this bus. He's driving the bus. Yeah. Uh, and so let's and keep watching. Good on him. him. Let's do this, man. He's great. Let's keep it going. I'm looking forward to this week's game. All right. So speaking of that, uh, let's go over this week's games. We have some picks here. Let's go over where yeah. we stand already in our picks. We are not doing that well. Oh, my goodness. My record last week, despite the fact that I had some really good games, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a caveat, some of my losses were not my fault because I made these picks. 
and then the key player, like a quarterback, was injured, what are you going to do? When the quarterback that you think is going to play the game gets injured, it's really hard to make that decision. All right. Yep. That being said, I went three and four, and I am 13 and 15 and two after uh, last week's games. You nice. probably went bad. four and two last week, and now your record is back to even. You are at 11 11, and so at 11 11 and one, and you're doing much, much better. Good grade. All right. Let's go over some of these games that we picked here. Uh, I have for this week Vikings over the Bears, and you, I know, went the, went the opposite. I did, I did. So I did. Why are you picking the Bears over the Vikings? I mean, it's plus three, and the Bears are on a roll right now. Like I don't oh, think I don't. What hey, is your hey, definition hey, of a roll? Uh, there, there's a there's a hoagie roll. There's a there's there's a a a winning streak roll, and then there's the Chicago roll. <laughs> And the Chicago rule, in my opinion, is that quarterback Justin Fields is showing up. Two weeks ago, I got 65 fantasy points out of Justin. Last week, I got 56 fantasy points. I'm saying that that the Bears are putting a little something together. I'm also saying the Vikings aren't aren't performing well, but three points? Come on, that's going to be a, a single point win, either way you look at it. So I'm, right. I, I'm picking Bears to cover. You're I, to cover a three-point spread. Yeah. All for right. sure. All right. Let's you know what? I, I cannot judge your picks because you. I am looking up to you on the in the standings. So uh, who am I to judge? I, I think the Vikings. I like Kirk Cousins. They played Kansas City yeah, really yeah. tough, and I think the Bears are just miserable. And I think right. the Vikings are going to roll in that game. So I'm. Taking and we Vikings. already both have one win for this week, so we're already looking on the plus column. <laughs> All right, Cincinnati. Over Seattle, I think since he is also on a roll, they've Burrow, Joe Burrow has finally showed up. That was my, I said last week, it's Joe Burrow time. And uh, Seattle's a tough opponent, but I think Cincinnati is, could be the cream of the crop in the AFC. Okay. Um, because you're, in you're Kansas fake. City, we just fear them because they, yeah. they do have our number. And I think they are, they're clicking now. I think yeah. they, they uncover the two and a half points. I two and a half is yeah. You did not pick that game. I okay. did not pick that game because I'm not I'm not there with Cincy yet. I'm not right. I'm not there. I got Saints over the Texans. That's a tough one. Oh, that is a tough one. I'm not sure I even know why I picked that game. I know why I picked that game because I got to pick five and I I knew I didn't know I would have a good pick. Now I will say this: none of these games do I feel good about. Now, right. now, sometimes they grow on me, but Saints over the Texans. I do like Carr. I think Carr is a good quarterback. Uh, Texans, though, have a rookie, and he seems to be legit. CJ Stroud, he seems to be legit. And so you don't know what you got. When, when you yeah. have a rookie who's playing well, will the defense figure him out because they confuse him in one given week? It's possible. Yeah. So I just, I'm, I'm taking Crazy. the Saints over the rookie. All right. I like that. Raiders over the Patriots. Yeah, duh. The, the Patriots. Duh. My goodness. Belichick's got to go, man. You, it's one of those things where it's like you you retire the hero or you live long enough to be the villain. And man, have you ever seen a, a divorce in so clearly one sided? 
Yeah. I mean, in that Tom Brady Belichick divorce, Belichick now looks like he's just an idiot. So if you have not kept score, let me give you some score here. He started as a as a coach for the Cleveland Browns, had them with a winning record, and then he benched Bernie Kosar for some stupid reason, and then they started losing, and he became the villain there in in, uh, Cleveland and got booted out. He was not, Belichick was not a great coach for the Cleveland Browns, who he then coaches uh, the Patriots, and he Mm -hmm. picked as his starting quarterback, Drew Bledsoe. Okay, well, whatever. But then Bledsoe goes down with injury. So what do you do? You put in your backup quarterback. Who was Tom Brady? Right. Now, I guess you could give Bill Check some credit for sticking with Tom Brady and not going back to Bledsoe. But that is really the only good coaching decision he made because then Tom Brady took off from there. Yeah. It's clearly Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the one responsible for the success. Clearly. Absolutely Tom Brady was the one. Well, look uh, look at Sean Payton. He's nobody without Drew Brees. Right. Nobody. And so, like, Tom Brady clearly ran the – and good on Bill Belichick for being smart enough to let Tom Brady run the show and make a dynasty out of the Patriots, but bad on Bill Belichick for thinking that he had something to do with it. Oh, his arrogance now is just on full – Through the roof. Through the roof. uh, Keeps the challenge flag in his sock. That just annoys me. (laughs) I mean, last year he said, I don't even need an offensive coordinator. I'm so smart. And you have a second-year quarterback. You set your second-year quarterback back a decade by doing that. And the last two weeks, I'm just going to do some round of numbers here, but I believe they were outscored the last two weeks 70 to 0 or 70 to 3. Something insane number. Insane, yeah. It was like 35 0, 38 to 3 the last two weeks. They had just, they have not shown up. This yeah, is the greatest Robert coach Kraft of all time. Have, yeah, Robert Kraft isn't having this. So uh, you would think the Patriots would come back and beat the Raiders, but you know what? I'm saying no. No. I, I think the Raiders are going to, I just dawned on me the Raiders, though, their head coach was the longtime former office of coordinator for Bill Belichick. So that adds another you little already, bit of interesting yep. aspect you picked, to it. You picked the right team. You picked I, the right team. All right. Lastly, I got the Jets over Philly. Uh, oh. I got seven points there. And, and so I know you picked the Philly I, over yeah. the Jets. So but explain like, why you're no, going against conventional wisdom. No. See, I was looking at the pick, and I was thinking about it this morning, and I'm actually going to flop on that one. Okay. I, I am straight – like, I – I was looking at my picks and I was, I was reading some stuff this morning, um, you know, as I was waking up and I'm like seven points just doesn't sit right now. So I'm actually, I'm going to reverse that position. There you go. I'm taking you the changed. Jets plus seven. Yep. Um, I think, so I already have the chiefs. I got the Titans plus four over the Ravens. Titans are doing things right now and Ravens are not Lamar is not performing right now. And it is kind of sad. Um, you are so right on that one. You cannot yeah, be just, a running quarterback in the you NFL. Can't, you you can't, just don't you, do it. You can't carry your entire team. Lamar, you got to develop players. You got to lead men into battle and not be the star guy. And, and I, yeah, I want so, that to change in the NFL because let's just look at the Brock Purdy situation. Right. You, 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 what would you rather have? Would you rather have a, let me just throw it out there, a Lamar, uh, yeah. Alexander, who, who is an amazing quarterback, an amazing talent, but yeah, yeah. a lot of his success is based upon him running the ball. So they run him yeah. where he will hit a defensive linebacker coming at full speed collision. Right. Do you really accident. want your future of your franchise doing those kind of plays? No. Or someone like Brock Purdy, who is designed to never have contact with right. anyone. Right. 
I want to give it to CMC. I want to give it to Debo. I want to give it to Brandon Ayuk. I want to give it to Travis Kelsey. I want to give it to uh, Barry Sanders. I want to give it to these guys that are designed to to pinball their yes. way around a field. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a great running quarterback, but you yes. know what the Chiefs don't do with him? Run. They don't run him. Don't the run only him. time he runs is on a scramble where by design you will avoid getting hit. You don't I, want Patrick Mahomes lowering his shoulder ever, no. unless it's a Super Bowl, but ever lowering your shoulder right. and taking a hit, and right. definitely not with your throwing shoulder. You, you don't want the future of your franchise no. doing it. That's stupid. Right. I'm still a believer that, that LeVar should have resigned from the quarterback position and taken an open running back spot at Kansas City. I and that like would have that. Been, that would have been legit. Or as a coaching staff, stop running him. Right. Just let him run on runs where he will not get hit, like right. scrambles. Right. right. Where you, but you're designed, you can slide. Or I want to see Lamar push. slide. Right. I want to see the brotherly push. Right. I want to <laughs> see, like, let's do that in Baltimore. Let's see how that rolls. Yeah. Never. Uh, all right. So all right. Uh, I like your pick there of the Titans over the Ravens because I am. Um, I just I, I I think they they will look good occasionally, but generally speaking. He's already going to start being injured, dinked, and um, it, yeah. it's not it's gonna going to look good. All right. We already did Bears over Vikings. I got the Lions negative three over the Bucks. I'm okay. loving the Lions. My good, great. I, shout out to my new brother-in-law, Dean. He's been a Lions fan his entire okay. life, and he has converted me over. I love seeing how the Lions are doing right now, man. They are doing absolutely fabulous things. I am digging on them. And negative three over Baker's Bucks? Come on. I'm taking that. I'm taking that all day. Flipped on oh, the man. flipped on the Eagles versus the Jets, and then this is going to be my most controversial pick of the week. I'm taking the Giants. Okay, at fourteen point five over the Bills. I I you know I like Josh Allen and I like I like the Bills, but I don't know, man. Fourteen point five. I think I think they're gonna. I, I think the Bills are gonna win. I think the Bills are gonna beat the Giants, but not by not by two plus touchdowns. Okay, so I just looked up, and it says Giants, Saquon Barkley, uncertain for week mm -hmm. six. So that means he might play. That will be a huge difference. If he right. is available to play, He's he is yet to play this year. So just for our listeners, yep. let me just recap here. The Giants last year went on a late run. They made the playoffs last yes, year. So did. with this certain coaching staff and these players, they seem to really rely on Saquon Barkley. And, and so he has not been there, and they've been a – mess the first half if he does come back those 14 and a half points that you got look amazing they I do because it's gonna be a different giants team uh Absolutely. and so but even if you don't have barkley back i, I think you're right 14.5 14 and a half the the bills haven't been dominating this league they've been winning right but they're not dominating so let's, let's say a team is up by 21 on another team late in the fourth quarter okay right. Do you know what the defense is going to do for the team that's up by 21 points? They're going to drift. It's Nothing. Not, they're going to they're gonna sit yeah. back. They're smoking cigars. They've already, right. you know, they're gonna, lounging. They're, they're joking. Pull, right. They're going to pull out their starters. They're going to let other people. They're going to win. But 14.5, that's insane. Yeah, they'll give up a late touchdown. That is a huge, yeah. huge line. So that's my picks, and I'm sticking to them. There you go. All right. I looked over the college slate. There's a lot of good college games, but I couldn't find any picks. Now, again, I don't have any picks this week that I felt like um, with the last week's pick of Dallas and San Francisco. Uh, mm -hmm. If I ever get those kind of – see, not all gambling picks are created equal because some of those that you really feel like are, are A-star rated picks – 
we almost should have the ability to say, I'm going to take that one times 10. So if we yeah. lose it, we lose 10. But if we win it, we win 10 because we feel yeah. that good about that pick. This week's picks for me mm. are all at the, the single digit stage. I'm right. Yeah, maybe one. I, I don't feel good about any of these. I don't feel bad about them, but yeah. it is what it is. Yep. Good all right. Chris, have a great week and uh, watch some football and we will talk to you next week. See you, Joel. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.